1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is
2: the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019-FM, WFAN New York.
3: Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, of course, we're all still waiting for more definitive answers, solutions, strategies, and, quite frankly, decisions regarding high school sports in the fall. Now later on in the hour i want to take a few moments to to go back and discuss what i think is a better and safer format for having high school sports this year and as i go through the various uh uh, sports i just think this plan makes the most sense but first up as you know right now in new york state and in new jersey There are postponements in place, delaying the start of high school sports until either mid to late September. And, of course, there are contingency plans to start in early January, just in case. Now, in contrast, schools in Connecticut and Pennsylvania, from what I hear, well, they're still slated to start their fall sports on time in early September. And that, of course, includes football. But of course, all this is dependent with what happens with the virus and whether the high school kids, uh, the students, they really do commit to wearing face masks on a regular, ongoing, daily basis in order to protect not so much themselves, but to protect the teachers and coaches and so on, the people who are older than they are. And I think that there's one thing we can all agree upon is that there still remains a great deal of confusion for all of us. But now, let me, let's suppose you're a high school coach or an athletic director in New York City. As we all know, New York City was the original epicenter of the virus. And let's face it, New York City presents its own set of unique challenges when it comes to playing high school sports. And to that end, on this morning's show, I thought we'd spend some time talking about exactly that. My guest is Nick Deonte, and uh, he's been the athletic director of the High School for Math, Science, and Engineering in Manhattan since 2014, and Nick currently coaches their boys varsity soccer and volleyball teams and in addition to his teaching and coaching duties uh, Nick's a, a contributor to Forbes magazine he can be found on social media at examine baseball and friends we'll take your calls and comments of course uh, at one 337 6666 Nick good morning
1: Good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me on the show today.
3: Well, of course. And and Nick, I know you've been an avid listener to the Sports Edge for for some time now, and I I thank you for doing that. You've heard all the recent shows and debates and discussion about public school coaches and the pandemic. But from what I gather, since there's still no real decision about schools opening in, in New York City in the fall, what are you hearing about high school sports in New York City?
1: You know, Rick, you hit it on the head. The mayor just came out this week and said that um, there is not going to be a decision on opening schools till uh, early September. So that presents a tremendous challenge for us trying to get sports started in the city. We really haven't received much updates from the PSAL, but talking to uh, various coaches, you know, they want to get on the field. They want to start uh, playing and practicing, but they want to do it in a way that's safe and make sure that we have the right protocols in place. So, um, unfortunately, we just haven't really received full guidance yet from the PSAL, as I'm sure they are working on uh, a variety of contingency plans, but haven't shared anything with us at this point.
3: I, I you know, I just, in New York City, of course, is the largest school district, uh, you know, in, in the country. And yes, we know, of course, New York City had all sorts of issues uh, with, with the pandemic and, and, and shutting down and so on and so forth. Uh, but, but Nick, I mean, is it? When was the last time you heard from the PSAL about anything for the fall? It's just been not, no no communication at all?
1: So we received an email on June 9th just reiterating that sports are suspended until further notice and that when uh, the proper safety precautions are in place, that you know they will update us on when it's safe to proceed. So that's the last communication that we've had from the PSAL.
3: So, but that's that was in early June, and I assume that basically was obviously just uh off the spring season now we're into uh late july people looking towards school starting in, in a few weeks uh and obviously high school sports there's just been no communication at all they just kept saying well we have to wait for for mayor de blasio to make a decision
1: i think that's where a lot of the guidance is coming from we just received some guidance like regarding phys ed and uh you know the note said you know that we want to be outside whenever possible but that there's going to be no sharing of equipment uh, or student-to-student contact. So when reading that, um, I wonder how that's going to affect sports because, right, the athletics are an extension of the uh, classroom. So yep. I wonder, you know, what the PSAL is going to offer. Being that's the guidance that just went out to an- administrators.
3: Um, and, and let me just ask you some very, very direct questions, Nick. Uh, uh, do you have a sense that uh, there will be high school sports in New York City this this fall?
1: I really don't see high school sports going off in the fall because of all the uncertainties that's going on um, you know, with starting schools and then all the logistical challenges of kids traveling across the city. Um, I do think there probably are some sports that could operate easier, but um, I don't know if the PSAL is going to green light certain sports and then say other sports are um, on hold because that might create a divisive environment within the PSAL and in, in New York City.
3: Yeah, I, I, I just want to remind... Our listeners that uh, New York City public schools and their sports programs, because obviously we're talking about the five boroughs, we're talking about an urban, urban environment, they present unusual kind of conditions I mean let's face it you just mentioned that the kids I mean in a lot of schools around the country uh, okay well you just go out the back door of the school and there are your playing fields um, and that's not true in New York City all the time you know kids have to take subways uh, or like take buses uh, to get to their playing fields uh, there are only a number of there's a limited number of fields that are available um, there, there are uh, concerns about uh, money of course money is just going to be tighter it's always tight as being tighter this year uh, and of course, gym space. I mean, it just seems like an um, an, um, an avalanche of issues, and of course, getting uh, officials and referees lined up as well. Nick, this seems like a like a monumental challenge.
1: Oh, Rick, you know, you mentioned the referees, right? A lot of our referees are older, and they may take a pass on refereeing if you know, sports are reopened. So that's something that I think people haven't considered as well. We're always like in kind of a quasi-official shortage uh, as is. And if our older, more experienced referees decide to say, look, this isn't, you know, worth a hundred some odd dollars per game for me, you know, putting you know myself at risk, we really could be, you know, at, at uh, a great challenge, you know, adding the fact that uh, parks permits haven't come out yet. Um, and then, you know, like here in Manhattan, we only have two schools that have their own field. So imagine, you know, how many high schools are in Manhattan and the, the two schools that have their own in the borough, George Washington and Murray Bertram. So you're right. It's not like schools can just turn around and walk out the backfield and have a private practice. Most uh, schools are struggling to get some park space um, or gym space. Uh, and then what if the gymnasiums are being used as classrooms, which is one of the things that's been proposed in order to maintain social distancing.
3: We're talking with uh, Nick Diante. He's the AD at the High School for Math, Science, and Engineering in, in New York City. We're talking about the unique challenges that high schools in the city are facing, and we just heard Nick talk about the fact that, I mean, it's just, um, it's just because we still haven't got a start date for schools to open in the city, and obviously sports being an extracurricular activity – it's just hard to sort of envision how this is all going to take place uh, in a timely fashion because of all the concerns that, that basically confront and face, uh, you know, high schools in, in the, the city. W- Nick, what are you telling your, your coaches and kids and parents? They must be, you know, in contact with you saying, you know, what, 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 what do we do? What's happening? How should I prepare? What, what is going on?
1: You still want to keep the hope alive, right? So even though I just said that I don't think it's going to happen, we want to be prepared. And I think our school prides ourselves on prepared. So all of our coaches have been in contact with their players uh, and families to still get them to make sure that they have the necessary paperwork ready. And that you know that if we do start full sports, are supposed to start around I think August 19th. That um, you know we're ready to go, especially if they are not traveling. So I've encouraged all my coaches to be uh in touch with their players and, and encourage them look we'd rather be ready than caught the other way and not be prepared that if they say it's a go that we're waiting for kids to get their um paperwork uh but uh, uh, with the paperwork issue you know um there's a chance that the uh, PSL could possibly be considering right like alterations to the medical now do kids are, are would the COVID test have to be part of the medical for being certified uh for sports you know that hasn't been answered either yet
3: I mean, it just, it's just—it's just hard to believe, and I understand it's a very, very complicated situation. But you would hope at some point over the course of the summer there be some sort of direction to PSAL as to at least inform ADs, coaches, uh, who in turn can tell the the students and the and their parents what we're thinking about for this year. Uh, it, it's just—it's just. Uh, it's just um, it's just difficult, I mean, and again this is this is what we 're seeing pretty much all over the place in terms of now with the COVID cases rising in other states we're still concerned around here as to what's going to happen uh one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six let's go to uh, some calls nick let's go to uh let's go to Louie over in Lindbrook hey good morning Louis. you're up uh, on the fan hey
2: good morning, Rick. great yeah. speaking with you and uh hey Nick i am uh I am head soccer coach at Bourne College in Flushing. I just recruited two players, uh, from Thomas Edison High School. If you got any players, send them over. I'm (laughs) I'm happy to help them. Thank you. I'm not going to lose an opportunity to recruit (laughs) with this (laughs) Rick. But, uh, I just want to let you know that, uh, our team was ranked number nine in the country last year for small colleges. Uh, we just got canceled. Actually, we were, Scheduled to play, but we just got postponed until the spring. That's, that's what it looks like all the colleges are doing right now. But, uh, I will say this. This is a difficult situation with, with a lot of the kids. We're going to have to take the temperatures of all the kids before they play. Uh, you know, keep them sanitized, of course. It, it's, it's not going to be easy to do this, but in any event, we are working forward. We're trying to help the kids here and, uh, you know, we we just want to help the kids let them understand, clear up things. Right now, everything is really confusing for all the kids, the parents, even the administrators and coaches. So if we can get some, you know, a guy like, like Rick and there be, become the commissioner, maybe he could clear up things in New York State. <laughs>
3: well, I'll I, I tell you, it is um... – Louie, and, and thank you as always for the call. You know, Nick, it, it just seems like, and in fact, I want to ask you, is I know one of the sports you coach, uh, in addition to your being a director of athletics, is volleyball uh, and soccer. But may I ask about volleyball. Do you consider volleyball to be a, a high risk or a medium risk sport in terms of uh, spreading uh, the, the, uh, the virus?
1: You know, Rick, I'm not a disease expert, but, you know, having uh, thought about it and talking to people in the community, I think where it is all the play at the net, right? So, you know, if you're blocking at the net, you're, you know, really right on top of players and, uh, you know, all the handling of the ball could increase, um, you know, uh, risk transmission, right? I think outdoors a little bit different, but New York York City and New York State, it's not like we have uh, beach volleyball as a... Uh, you know, a sport. And then mm-hmm. also I was reading Molten's guidelines about disinfecting uh, the volleyball that um, because of the porous surface of the uh, leather that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cleaning it may not uh, be a hundred percent effective. And also when you start using the wipes with the alcohol, they break down the balls. And then that can be uh, another like concern, you know, for schools, a gene type that if they're destroying volleyballs at 30 to $60 a pop. Um, you know, schools can't afford really to, like, replace that. So, um, you know, volleyball would have to be modified in a sense, like, you know, no high-fiving, no touching. It's so, all the play at the net, and people are right on top of each other, and, you know, there's 12 different people, you know, potentially could touch the ball, uh, right? There could be uh, some elevated risk that way.
3: So you think, it, you, you, from what I'm hearing from you, you're saying that you would think it'd be a high-risk sport.
1: I think it's higher, right? Like higher than than you know some other sports. Well, as how about- high as like the soccer or football, probably not because there is still some more spacing, but um that could increase um, you know, risk of transmission
3: yeah but i mean i it's and i everything you just said about volleyball and i hadn't considered about the fact that the the uh cleaning of the ball itself would, would be something has to be done on a regular routine basis during the matches and yet still i might actually end up uh getting very very pricey in terms of replacing or, or finding or having to use a new new ball every so often uh the, the um the soccer situation I mean, do you, you consider soccer to be at the same level of danger as volleyball, or or less? I, I, th- I,
1: I think I think it's higher because people are running alongside each other all match, right? Yeah, you go and for a header, right? Two people are going for the ball at the same time. Um, you know, I just think there's a lot more physical contact in vol- uh I'm sorry, in soccer than volleyball. At least volleyball, the net's in the way.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about that. Uh, all right, let me, let me take a timeout. Uh, we're talking this morning with uh, Nick Deunte, the AD at the High School for Math, Science, and Engineering in New York City, and we're talking about the unique challenges that uh, high schools and ADs and coaches and student-athletes face in the city about uh, the fall sports. And we're taking your calls at one 337 We'll take a break and come back with your calls. Stay with me.
4: New York's number one. Sports Radio.
3: We're uh, chatting right now with uh, Nick Diante. He's the athletic director at the high school for math, science, and engineering in New York City. About the uh, unique uh, issues and challenges that uh, high schools that are based in the city are facing. Uh, Nick, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to um, let's go to Rob out in Lake Success. Hey, Rob. Good morning. You're on the fan.
0: Good morning, Rick. Always a pleasure. I, I, me and Jack Smithlin are uh, texting back and forth. We always just love. Your topics. Uh, Nick, you know, my dad was um, the commissioner of the Public School Athletic League on football back in the 80s. And I wish he was alive to be talking about this. And uh, here's here's my take on this. And as you know, Nick, the Public School Athletic League is kind of a private organization. They they run the whole program of sports in, in, in all of New York City. It, 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 so in a sense, they all have commissioners. My dad was the, was the football guy. Every one of these um, sports have their own commissioner. And Rick, you should be doing this on a statewide level. But it's unique in a sense that the city has their own little you know their, their little organization. And what happens is they make the rules, in every commission has to make these rules. There's no way I could see in the city, because education is first. There's so much red tape, as Nick was saying. The, the kids would be starting. My dad would be going down watching practices in the end of August. Now, football would be starting back then in the August time. I don't know what a, a lot of these other sports, I guess soccer would have to be starting similar times. It's a few weeks away. These kids, there's so many answers that are not even there right now with this virus it's just almost impossible and i'm going to be listening to what your thoughts are going forward i don't think the only thing that could happen is maybe cross-country because it's kind of like spaced out outside swimming indoors okay um is the only real sports i could see these individual sports going forward in the fall and that's really what you're going to be talking about i think we're kind of on hold going forward uh Rick, for the next yeah, few I... months, till we get some more answers, and I'd like to hear what Nick has to say because I'm hoping I hope the PSA will still run the same way, meaning that it's a private organization which takes care of the sports. In the city, and I believe it's still pretty much. I'm going yeah. back a lot of. Ideas. I think it's the same way. Thank you for always the input, Rick, and let me hear what you have to say. Yeah, on the th- thanks,
3: thanks, Rob and and Nick. Uh, I mean, I'm under the impression, as Rob just pointed out, that uh, there are uh, individual commissioners uh, for the sports in the PSAL. Uh, tell me what what I makes mean, you're involved in this. Tell me what what your sense is.
1: Sure. So you know, the PSAL operates somewhat independently of of the rest of the. Um, You know, they can set some of their own rules that are a little bit. uh, I think that's why you're going to see differences maybe between what the PSAL is doing and what the rest of the state is doing. And while there are commissioners for every sport, you know, with a decision such like this, this is going to rest at the top. Uh, But I think the issue here is that, you know, the leadership, the PSAL is waiting for guidance from above them. Mm -hmm. And um, leadership has changed, I think, in the last year or two where they're now under a different umbrella than what they used to. So, um, you know, the word is going to come from above the director of the PSAL whether this is going to start. And while all the commissioners have been in talks about, you know, what they can do and, and what can be done, ultimately the decision is really going to come from a, a lot farther um, up than something that is done in-house. And to his point, I could see something like cross-country or golf, which are fall sports going off, or um, even maybe the badminton, you know, it's a little bit more distance, which is- Relationally, um, that opened up. But again, I don't know if the PSL is going to be um, open to only offering certain sports and not others because of the big equity push across this city.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I agree with you. There are certain sports we know are really sort of non contact, lower sports, and they would be the obvious ones to, to push forward. But again, we're already into late July. We still don't even know when the schools are going to open, much less the sports. Uh, a lot has to happen, and a lot has to happen in a hurry if there's going to be a, a rearrangement of a sports schedule uh, for the city. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to Forest Hills, and Sunny is uh, is next up on the fan. Sunny, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call.
3: Yeah. Uh, quick
2: question for Coach Nick. Uh, if he follows pro sports, are there uh, particular protocols that he's seen? Whether it be the NFL, the NBA, MLB, uh, NASCAR, um, other particular protocols that he's seen out there that would be applicable to the PSALs, and is there is there any is there any possibility from his position that he could advocate for such policies and protocols? Just just curious if he has a say in the whole matter.
1: You know, so I, I think here. What we're looking at, when we look at pro sports, they can run a much more controlled environment, they can quarantine, they have these bubbles, they're testing the players every few days, they have people dedicated to sanitizing equipment. I mean, MLB uh, said, right, they're going to use like, like triple the amount of baseballs um, or uh, the same amount of baseballs in 60 games that they were using 162 games. We don't have the capacity in the schools to do you know, all this repeated testing. Uh, you know, of, of the student athletes, the way that uh, the pro pros are doing. So I think we're operating on uh, a much different uh, level than what you're seeing with the pro sports because their resources are so much greater than what we have available to us in the schools.
3: Yeah, Sonny, I thank you, thank you for the call. And I, I mean, that is sort of the bottom line here, Nick, is that uh, when we look at the the. Uh, Professional leagues, uh, you know, up and running like like baseball and obviously uh, you know footballs in the wings along and basketball and so on and so forth. But that's all about uh, much deeper financial resources than our schools have. Uh, we already know that school budgets are going to be stretched thin this year. So the sports is always still just viewed, of course, as being an extracurricular activity, and and the more importantly, get the teachers uh, back in the classrooms uh, and making sure that that. They're protected. I mean, we all know, uh, we know that the kids, the mortality rate is very, very low. It's not the kids that are the concern here. They're more the concern about the older uh, individuals, the teachers, the coaches, the referees, and so on and so forth. That's who we're trying to protect here. And as I mentioned early on, you know, trying to get the kids in the school and schools in the city, you know, uh, transported to games, uh, you know, by subway or by buses or whatever it might be, um, you know, and officials. It's just a very, very complicated situation. I mean, Nick, what are you hearing, if anything, from your uh, fellow athletic directors in the city? Are they just uh, sitting there as confused and, and uh, as everybody else?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's been a lot of hurry up and wait. And we're waiting for guidance. And, you know, we're just trying to do our best to keep everyone informed. But a lot of this is speculation right now. And even, you know, what are we going to do if there's coaches that qualify for medical exemptions? you know, and, and, and can't be in, it's hard enough to staff coaches at most schools. And now if we have uh, coaches at schools that are going to qualify for medical exemptions, replacing them might not be the easiest uh, thing to do, especially, uh, you know, in, in this, in, in this environment. So, uh, you know, that's another challenge that has not been, uh, you know, addressed either that if a teacher's on a uh, medical exemption, they're a coach, um, you know, now what do you do?
3: Yeah, so just to recap here, and you mentioned this uh, early on in our conversation, Nick, you, your sense is at this juncture, it looks to you or to your colleagues that uh, the high school sports in the city is probably going to be postponed, not until like, you know, mid-September like you're doing in, in, uh, in New Jersey or in, in uh, the rest of New York State, but probably not going to happen this fall unless some of the individual sports uh, take place. Is that, is that a fair assessment?
1: I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment. And again, a lot of this depends on what they're going to do um, with school in uh, come September. If we're fully remote, then this is not a conversation, right? Then you know, uh, sports can be off the table. But even if we're partially remote, I still think that presents a lot of challenges.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: I, that are I, home and can they can they play? Um, uh, and then are their parents willing to send them in? I mean, that could potentially decimate many teams across the city if half their team is. Remote. Now what do you do? <laughs> I,
3: I, that that I have no idea about. I, I don't know how, how that would work. Uh, but again, this has to be decided at some point, uh, either by uh, Mayor de Blasio or Governor Cuomo, or somebody has to step up and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I don't... We're all looking for a, a happy resolution here, but I'm not sure that's in the in the cards because of all the unique issues that uh, New York City has when it comes to to their student athletes um,
1: yeah so we have a lot of moving parts
3: yeah I agree, I agree. Well, Nick, I thank you uh, for coming on this morning and to share your insights and thoughts because obviously uh, we've talked a lot about the other schools, uh, particularly in in New York State and New Jersey, but we hadn't focused on New York City. And obviously, as as our listeners have heard, there are, as you say, a lot of moving parts that still have to be figured out and and, uh, try to get these moving parts into, into line so the kids can go back and play sports. Nick, thank you again. I'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road.
1: Rick, thanks for having me, and uh, you know, thanks for the audience for checking in. It's appreciated.
3: You bet. That's uh, that is Nick Deonte, the athletic director at the high school for math, science, and engineering in the in New York City in, in Manhattan. And uh, obviously, I thank him for his thoughts. Uh, moving on, um, a couple of observations about uh, high school sports and what how other kids and their families are are looking to sort of cope with the the pandemic and its impact. I I, I keep hearing more and more reports about the top high school athletes who are now uh, leaving their public schools and they're transferring to private schools and they're doing this uh, a uh, because they they feel they can gain more exposure uh, to college coaches at at bigger and better athletic programs and b they feel that by going to uh, a different school they're going to be somehow in, in a safer environment now, let me just say this. I certainly understand that the first part of that argument, that's been going on for years and years. Kids who feel that they are focused on perhaps uh, earning a Division I scholarship, well, they routinely transfer from a, a smaller public high school to a bigger uh, prep school where they can gain, as I said, more exposure by uh, theoretically facing better uh, better competition. But the second part of that equation, transferring to another high school, Uh, and say, I don't know, Florida or Georgia or South Carolina, where the number of COVID cases have been rising dramatically the last three or four weeks, I'm not so sure that that isn't sort of like running into the fire instead of running away from it. I mean, to say that, you know, it's, I feel I'll be in a safer, healthier environment in a private school in Florida or Georgia, you know, yeah, again, I I understand for most teenagers, COVID concerns aren't an issue. But Again, it's when the, those kids, you know, are reunited with their parents again. Those are the concerns. So I, I just, um, I just, I'm not sure that's a smart move to say I'm moving south uh, or going to go to school down south. Uh, again, we've heard uh, just uh, yesterday, this morning, that uh, we know about Michigan State and their football team. They're all quarantined. Rutgers, they just announced their football team is quarantined. So these are, these are programs. Uh, obviously Big Ten football programs and they're trying to do what they can to keep their athletes in a bubble and again they're being quarantined so I'd be very cautious about sending my kids somewhere down south where again the number of cases uh, are just uh, beginning to uh, climb through the roof. Okay when I return after uh, after this break I want to talk about you know quite frankly the contingency plans the plan B's for sports this fall and into the winter I mean, my basic theory, and, and I think this is a lot of people agree with this, It's let's just move the, the, the low-risk sports, play those in the fall, and move the high-risk sports until later in the year. I mean, it just seems to make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, and I guess it would sort of, if we can follow that approach, it might cut through all the clutter. And I'm eager to get your thoughts about that as well, of course, at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six.
4: 337 6666 Well, you can't have New York.
0: Without sports, and you can't have sports without the fan, Sports Radio, 101.9 FM, 66
3: WFAN, New York. Back here on the Sports Edge, uh, don't forget, uh, Ed Randall will be along in a few minutes, and he'll be talking baseball. Boy, that was some heartbreaking loss uh, for the Mets yesterday, I really felt for Edwin Diaz, uh, uh, boy, to have a down-to-the-last strike, uh, and unfortunately that, that homer by Azuna, I mean, it was just remarkable. That's, that's the magic. Uh, of baseball, that it's not over until it's over. And, uh, geez, that was just a difficult, difficult loss uh, for uh, the Metropolitans. Uh, follow me uh, at uh, on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. Um, and, uh, obviously, we continue to look for more practical solutions and news on high school sports. Uh, look, Looking ahead, I, you know, we all know there's still no real consensus about how teenagers uh, can go back to school to school in September, how teachers and coaches uh, can be protected. I mean, many of the kids I see hanging around every day, uh, you know, they don't wear masks. Uh, so why do we think they're going to wear them constantly in school or that they're going to be socially distant uh, in the hallways of schools or in the parking lots or on the playing fields? I, the kids just don't seem to understand the gravity of the situation in terms of what they do in terms of perhaps infecting uh, teachers and coaches. So let's assume for a moment that we decide to go to a contingency plan, plan B, that until we have a really uh, workable vaccine or a better handle on, on Corona, let's look at those sports that are safe enough to let our kids play now in the fall and allow our coaches to coach so i we 've already we 've talked from we 've heard from the, the CDC and the National Federation of High Schools about low medium, and high risk sports why don 't we just basically go back and say let's we 're allowed we 're going to play sports in the fall, but only those sports that are low and maybe medium risk and then what other sports are not going to be cancelled we 're not going to cancel them they 're just going to be pushed off again till perhaps january and I, I still like what was proposed a few weeks ago for the fall. Yes, you can have boy and girl boys and girls golf, boys and girls tennis, boys and girls swimming. Yes, baseball and softball, maybe lacrosse, just because in lacrosse uh, you know you're going to be wearing face masks and uh, and that will be helpful, I would think. So maybe lacrosse, and maybe field hockey, and maybe volleyball. In other words, you can just keep the high risk sports like. I consider soccer to be a high-risk sport, certainly football, basketball, wrestling. You push them off until later in the year until we get a better sense of what's going on. Maybe there will be a vaccine by the end of the year or early January. And again, I think this is worth considering. We're not going to cancel sports. We're just going to, in effect, rearrange them over the course of the year where, quite frankly, the top priority is on the safety and the health and welfare of students and coaches. I mean, look, if you talk to any teachers or coaches who are over the age of 30 or 35 by going back in the classroom or into the locker room this fall, well, they'll tell you that, quite frankly, they're, they're worried, they're concerned. And quite frankly, they should be. So if we want to have sports for our kids, and we do, and we know the travel teams are up and playing right now, why don't we try to adapt to what's going on with this disease? Remember, it's not lost upon us that Canada... Canada won't even let healthy Major League Baseball players back into their country. I mean, and they've all been basically quarantined and been playing in a bubble and are theoretically protected. But Canada says, no, we're not taking that risk. You know, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, you're not playing here. You can just go play in, in, uh, in Buffalo this summer. Let's get back to our calls, one 337 Let's go to Hank in Ridgefield Park. Hey, Hank, good morning. You're on the fan.
4: Hey, Rick, I just want to send out... Uh uh, get well wishes to Coach John Ziemba, one of your regular callers. He had neck surgery last weekend, ah. and he's still in the hospital. You know, he's the longtime Fort Lee basketball coach now at Emerson High School. Yep, and also the volleyball coach at Fort Lee. And uh, he's having a little rough time of it, but he's uh, he's getting better every day. He's Good. He's I'm glad you hear that. Day. Yeah. So yeah, no, no. I, you know, last week in uh, New Jersey, Carteret shut down all their fall sports. They became the first school in New Jersey mm-hmm. to shut down all the sports. And, you know, they have a pretty good football program. And, and I know that uh, this, we have a new face coming tomorrow in uh, in uh, fall sports. And I know Ridgewood's not going to participate in it. And, and they're a very good football, uh, soccer program. Their sports are excellent. So... They've decided to, to, you know, put a leash on it for now. So I don't know what's going on over there if they don't feel it's safe. You know, obviously we heard the Rutgers uh, news yesterday. That wasn't good. Nope. Uh, you know, uh, New Jersey's pushed everything back, uh, you know, like a month. You know, we're going to start October October 1st instead of, you know, basically September 1st uh, with a shortened season and a shortened playoff. You know, that's if that even uh, happens, Rick. I, I, I really don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows right now. Well, We're Hank, hoping it's, for the best, but no, I mean, I don't we,
3: know we all, happen. we all, we all feel, of course, that we would love to have this, 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 this virus just suddenly wake up tomorrow and it, we hear the numbers are going down and it disappears. But uh, I, I fear, uh, and everybody from uh, the, you know, for example, the, the New Jersey Interscholastic Athletic Association has said, you know, this is all. Contingent upon the, the the virus being corralled, uh, we they're fully aware that things could change uh, instantaneously. Uh, the Big Ten has said if we're going to try to play football games in conference, but if things get out of hand, we're going to shut down immediately. I mean, I believe all that, uh, and we're seeing as you said, Carteret has said now we're not going to do this. Uh, until we get a real sense that is this is going to be safe to proceed, uh, I, I, do, I, do concer- I am concerned that um, it, we might just say, look, let's just be careful about this. And That's why I'd suggest you can have the, the low-risk sports in the fall if you do have to have a high school sports program. But let's wait till we have more, more information and more sense of how to do this. If nothing else, you might be able to learn from having low-risk sports in the fall to get a better sense of how this things could, how the high-risk or medium-risk sports could be played starting in January. I mean, it, let's take this in a very sort of very, very slow, cautious manner. And, Hank, th- thank you for uh, the call. Um, let's continue. Let's go, let's go to Jack Smithlin uh, over in Farallon. Hey, Jack, good morning. You're next up on The Fan.
0: How how are you,
5: Rick? Um, I'm actually up in Massachusetts watching a girls' softball. Um, I don't know if it's a tournament. I believe it's supposed to be, but and I'm amazed once again that you know nobody is wearing masks and uh, people are sitting right next to each other. They started at eight o'clock this morning. Um, I've been sitting here watching, but you know maybe maybe we're you know everybody's trying everything they possibly can do to play sports and to get back to school because, listen, this is what our kids need, you know. This is what teachers need to get back and working and, and, and custodians and bus drivers and, and everybody and coaches. But it might be the wrong approach. I mean, you know, what's happening in New Jersey, like you know, and I've been in contact with with five really good people about the topic, a couple ADs, a couple co- you know, three ADs, a couple coaches, and out of those five, one says there's a 20% chance that it's going to happen. The other four, there's no chance in heck that it's happening. So we're trying and we're preparing and we're doing everything we possibly can do to prepare ourselves for school. And it is, you have to be ready. You do have to be ready. But we're not thinking about, we're all, all our plans are thinking about the safety of everybody. But there's only one true way to be safe. Forget about sports right now. Forget about, you know, if you're going to try to get back to school, which kids do need, that's one thing. But I have a friend who works at a school. He, he's, the you know, he's like the, the handyman, the, 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 you know, jack of all trades. He prepares the school. He said, There's no way this is happening because the money that they're giving me or giving us to prepare the school isn't enough to follow the guidelines of what has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe it's time that some maybe it's time that somebody steps up and has the guts to say, Listen, we're closing down until this thing is leveled out or it's under some kind of control and we're gonna just have to sit and wait because it's the safest Thing to do. You know, if somebody was to tell me right now, Rick, listen, there's no sports. Forget about it. Don't even think about it. Don't put any time and effort into even preparing for it right now. I'd be upset. I'd be rarely upset with it. But you know what? As an adult, I'd move on. And I think about how I'm going to prepare myself for when it does come back in the maybe not so near future, because this virus isn't going away. It's not, and it's like anything else. Unless it dissipates and just, you know, dies into the, into the air, we're going to be dealing with this for a very long time, like you said. I like your idea about the sports, about the, about the, non, you know, the, the non-dangerous sports, uh, the lower-level sports, you know, the ones that are really not going to be. That's great to do those, but there's a lot of districts, after talking to those five people, there's yep. a lot of districts that say, If every sport can't be played, no sports are going to be played. Because all we'll have is, you know, 50% of the parents very happy and the other 50% really upset. So it will cause chaos. So maybe it's time somebody steps up and says, listen, we're shutting down sports. Forget about it right now. Get it in your head. But, but you know, but Jack. I mean, here's
3: here's here, here's the irony of all this. I mean, you're sitting up there in Massachusetts uh, on, a, on a hot sunny day on a Sunday watching uh, uh, softball games, girls' softball games, yeah. and they're yeah. not. None of these kids are are doing any socially distancing. They're not wearing masks. Nope. I mean, nope. I, so. Nope. And we all know that the the travel kit the travel teams are out playing right now they're they're like it's like we're back to normal uh it's as simple as that whether it's softball baseball soccer you know they're back uh so that but you, know, adds but you know
5: what Rick. Go ahead.
3: ahead. That just adds to the frustration of the fact that the parents and the kids are saying, so if we can play on elite travel teams and, and we're playing against competition and other great athletes, why can't our high schools get their act together? Why can't we play in our high school teams?
5: And I read this and we spoke about this a while back. During a war or pandemic or country crisis, we can make new laws. We, the governors can come in right now and shut every one of those club teams down during a war, crisis, or pandemic. They can shut them down completely, like they did at the beginning of this. Yep. All clubs stopped. All restaurants were closed. All stores were closed. And look what happened. The numbers gradually started going down. Now we cr- gradually open up. And everybody thinks, oh, we're opening up, this is great, we can get back to normalcy. Well, you can't, because yep. the virus isn't slowing down, it's getting worse. Well, the, so, one,
3: so- the one thing we have to focus on more than anything else, and this is, I understand, and I know you agree with this, because you're, you're an educator for many years, is you got to figure out a way to get the schools back open so the teachers uh, are safe and protected. And I know there's lots of, you know things are thinking about, you know, you know, perhaps the kids are staggered in terms of uh, the school start time and, and so on and so forth in terms of remote learning. That's got to get figured out first. Hey, Jack, thank you for the call. As always, I'll talk to you again soon. But again, we got to figure out the schools and how they operate first. And then we figure out what happens with sports. And again, it's, it's frustrating. It's maddening that we can't get this act together. Uh, but hopefully, we will find a way to get through this sooner rather than later. And again, hopefully, that vaccine comes down the pike a lot quicker than we think. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Please stick around for Ed Randall. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge.